That's Papa Roach. Who do you trust here on Exclusive Randy Hanging Out? Tonight, you know who I trust? These guys right here. I'm sitting down with Meridian Movement and Jason from Boise Hive in the Tonic Room. First of all, let's go around the room and introduce yourself. Tell us your role. My name's Will. I'm the lead singer. Hi, I'm Brandon. I play bass. Hey, this is Alex. Uh, I play guitar and the kazoo. How am I going to beat that? Hi, this is Paul. I play drums. This is Jason. I engineer and produce at the Tonic Room Studios. All right. So you guys are here essentially for a reason. You recorded a brand new song, which we'll play a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's talk about the experience of the recording. So was this your first time in a recording studio with a bona fide professional producer and engineer like Jason? As a band, yes. Yeah, as a band, yes. And, well, I... I really think overall, yeah, it was our first time with an actual producer. I mean, I've done previous stuff with Matt Talbot, lead singer of Hum. You say Hum? Like Stars Hum? Yeah. Oh, man. As a 90s geek, that excites me. (laughs) So going into the studio, how did you feel about it? Were you hesitant, excited, a little bit of both, something else? Very excited. I think all of us were very, very excited. Like Will stated, you know, um, a couple of us have been in other studios with other bands before, but we've never really had the actual professional producer experience put his own little, you know, watermark on it, basically, his own thumbprint on it, which was really nice. A different aspect for all of us, honestly, I think. And um, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, well, looking back on it, I mean, Jason, this is props to you because Jason made the whole experience really easy and comfortable. It was really easy to work with, and there wasn't a whole lot of stress going into it, I don't think. Yeah, I've always been intimidated actually going into studio. One, for the getting, you know, not making any mistakes, but also to, uh, you know, making sure I don't mess, mess up and, and whatnot. I think Jason's big input on, on, on this uh, is, number one, making us feel comfortable when, when we were in the studio. Number two, really bringing his input as to how to shape that song. Back to that, you know, watermark point that you pointed out there, Brandon, but I've never had that experience. I've usually just said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm working on this riff or something, and a couple friends may say, oh, yeah, that sounds cool, but, you know, you would get some really honest opinion from from Jason, you know, coming from a non-biased standpoint saying, hey, uh, yeah, that doesn't sound so great. Maybe you should try something different or something. So that, I mean, that was... That was exactly what we needed. And especially with the song we picked. I mean, honestly, we I think as a band we wanted to pick a different song, but we realized this one wasn't quite finished and it wasn't quite tuned well. So it was really nice to have a professional come and kind of rearrange it and give us an actual like final product on it because it probably would have taken us a long time to finish it on our well, own. We've had some comments too from people when we've played it out where they say, Hey, we really like that song. It kinda of mm-hmm. took us off you know, took us all by surprise. Like we didn't expect that, you know, as we played it that it would have that type of impact. But Yeah, to begin with. I felt that early on from that song too at the at our free X show. Uh, you guys play with middle class rut. I just remember I was running around taking pictures and I stood right on the on the center floor to take a picture of you guys and all of a sudden that song came on and I just something clicked. I was like, that song is awesome. It resonates. I don't know what it is exactly, but yeah, it made sense. So it's cool that other people are feeling that as well. Yeah, it's just catchy. <laughs> some funky stuff happened during the recording process. Not funky, but some uh, interesting new tools, I guess you could say. First of all, the contraption that Will sang into on certain parts of the song. That was a copper telephone from the U.S. Royale World War II battleship, and it came from a communications officer from that battleship. Wow. It was pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Will sang into it, and it's something you can hear when you listen to the song. I guess, what would you call it? It's kind of a a reverb to the chorus kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. So going into the song a little bit more, how did you approach it in terms of, I think you went into this thinking one structure of the song, and then, you know, Jason kind of restructured some of it to kind of fit what he was hearing. Well, I knew that there were that I was going to need to put some backup vocals to it and some additional vocal layering to it. At first, I was having problems figuring out exactly where to put it. Then he all of a sudden said, hey, wait, 
I think I have something. And he went out and pulled out this phone. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? And he's like, <laughs> singing it. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. And it turned out pretty awesome. So was there anything else that you guys felt was just kind of, I don't know, unique or, or cool about that experience of recording that song in particular? Anything keyboard. that was... Yeah, there was the, the keyboard near the end yeah. of that, Randy. Yeah. If I remember correctly, we mm. needed to fill out the last chorus. Well, look, before we get to that, let's start by talking about how every piece of equipment in the tonic room works. And you look as you walk around, and you look at some of the stuff, and you're like, "Man, this stuff was made before I was born." But it's all you guys maintain all of it, right? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's outstanding. There's some really cool stuff in there. Jason's even got the kitchen mic'd up in a certain way, so you get certain sounds out of the kitchen. It's really cool. And we have a, a mid '80s synthesizer that, uh, as we got near the end, thought we need some we need some synth to glue this all together. And who better to play the synth? Than Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my I made my uh, my debut as a, a synth player for one one part. Um, <laughs> Critical part though. Critical. Yep, yep. And I felt pretty good about it. And then there was a point where uh, Jason had to take some tape and write numbers on them and put them on the keys. So it was, <laughs> it was like paint by number, but <laughs> for me to play the keyboard Push part. So <laughs> yeah, at that point it was fantastic. I felt really good about it. Yeah. So you know. I am rocking out. There are pictures. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my experience was great. I had a, I had a blast. And if anybody needs a uh, you know a synth player for one small part in your song, and you can give me numbers on the keys, I am I'm your guy. <laughs> and there's there's one part that Jason did too that's uh, it's a small. You got to kind of listen for it. It's the kind of a crunchy drum sound before the second. I believe it's before the second verse. Oh, the drum fill. Yeah, the drum fill. And it's there's kind of a pause there. Jason put this drum fill in there. I'm like, where did you get that? Well, up in the corner of the, or in the front of the room where we were recording at, he had a microphone on a stand. What's the name of that microphone again? It's an old lavalier microphone, so it's really sensitive, uh, but it's back from the 60s. And you ran it through some effects or something, but it, said it turned out really, really neat. I went through a guitar distortion box. Yeah, love it. Coming up in just a little while, we're going to debut that brand new song we've been talking about from Meridian Movement, and we'll learn more about the band and Jason as well. Transmission successful. Hit it! Exclusive X Rock. Go! On 100.3, the X. And there it is. The song is called Listen. The band is Meridian Movement. You heard it right here first on the X Rocks on Exclusive. I'm sitting down with the band and the man behind the engineering and production of that song. What would you say was the biggest challenge you faced in the studio as a band? Leaving. <laughs> saying goodbye <laughs> yeah I mean it was really comfortable there and the experience was awesome yeah I mean I think Brandon even caught a nap didn't you yeah I took a nap <laughs> I felt very at home there that's just not just studio but also like we said with, with Jason you know he made it seem really homely uh, like we belong there like you know we are more than welcome to come back it was, it was awesome it was really hard to just walk away and be like okay we're done like no yeah. Let's do the rest of the album. Yeah. So. so we touched on this a little bit, but what do you think that Jason brought out of you that you might have otherwise overlooked in yourselves? Structure of the song itself, I, I thought. It was almost like a hodgepodge of, of just different changes and whatnot. I think uh, Jason brought it a more simplified the song, in my opinion. And not only that, but also brought out a, a, a more structured approach to the song and making it a little bit even more catchier uh, than what we previously had. Yeah, I mean, how it was in the beginning, it was a lot more complex, and with it being complex is that it just had too much going on, and whenever Jason 
took a look at it, he actually was able to weed out a lot of the unnecessary things and made the song just simpler, yet it actually made it really radio-friendly, really all genre friendly to be honest so that all said we'll, we'll turn over to Jason here a little bit and get get, <laughs> get his take yeah we'll get the this is the truth now I feel like couples counseling right now I'm going like yeah. what do you guys feel and how do you feel so Jason what was the experience like for you working with these guys it was a lot of fun I, I had just finished a batch of records and uh, realized it had been a while since we had a hard rock band in the studio so I was pretty excited to to have them in, and then after going to rehearsal and, and working on the arrangement, uh, you know, we still had a little bit more rehearsing to do with the arrangement tweaks and everything, but I felt like we were in a good spot, and then we did the bass tracking of the entire song, all production, in one day, and did vocals at another date, but yeah. Will was ready for it, and he did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Well, what would you say the best part is about working with rock and metal musicians? Because you said it had been a while since you've worked with any. Uh, well, when I was my formative years, uh, <laughs> we were, uh, it was, I wouldn't even mention what decade it was, but <laughs> but uh, I listened to a lot of, uh, I'm from Wisconsin, and uh, oddly enough, uh, hard rock is pretty popular there, so it kind of goes back to my roots and college days. So with the Tonic Room and Boise Hive as well, what's the best way for somebody to learn more about what you do? Um, well, the studio's kind of, you know, it's private, and it's, it's, uh, you can go to the website and, and see pictures of it, and, of course, um, contact me via email and things like that. The Hive is a, is a nonprofit community music center where everything from live shows on Saturdays to band rehearsals, vets jamming on Friday nights, it's a, more of a nonprofit music community center. So one thing that this is going to be for everybody that I've always been trying to pinpoint, and Big J and I have been arguing about this, about you know who or what you sound like or how to describe it. And there's been a multitude of things. So first of all, Jason's take on that. What do you think from an outside perspective hearing these guys in the studio and whatnot? Is there anything you can kind of, I don't know, relate it to? I hate to be the person that's like, hey, what do you sound like? What band do you sound like? You know, but I guess because for me, it's like early 2000s, kind of in late 90s-ish, somewhere in there, but I can't pinpoint it exactly. This is meant in the most positive way, but I think it kind of has an incubus feel to it. Uh, maybe a little bit more, um, uh, you know, some of their songs get, aren't quite as catchy as this one, you know, but um, it kind of has a type of feel to it. I mean that in the most positive way. <laughs> First time you sent me a song to play on exclusive, there was a, a whole bunch of nostalgia that went along with it. For some reason, I had never you know, heard you guys before or seen you guys yet because you, you, you were new at the time. And the first time hearing the song, that was my first impression. I just got hit with nostalgia. I was like, whoa, it's, it's something about this takes me back to uh, some place, but I still can't figure out what it is. And like I said, Jay and I have been arguing about that. Like, what, what is it? <laughs> and it, we still haven't been able to... It's, but it's kind of a cool thing. It's like I mean, a kind of a mystery. Kind of just the sound that everyone needs. That's what I like to look at it. It's that sound that you don't that you aren't looking for, but whenever you hear it, it just kind of brings you back home. So, so that being said, do you guys have a favorite '90s, early 2000s song? I mean, Alex, I know I've always hear you playing different riffs of different stuff that everybody knows, but is there anything that's, that you call your favorite song? Around the Fur from Deftones. I would say just a Saturate album from Breaking Benjamin. I myself. Am- I myself am more of a punk rocker, but um, if I had to go with more hard rock, I'm, I like a little soft and a, as a melodic stuff, so I'd have to go with uh, Say Hello to Heaven. It's not Temple of the Dog, is Bad it? That season. It Temple is Temple of the Dog. Dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. Temple of the Dog, yeah. Any Soundgarden album from that era is high on my list. I've got so many favorites, though, from that era. The one that I couldn't stop listening to, Driving to Skiing in the Mountains here, is Rage Against the Machine, self-titled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The sonically and 
uh, band-wise, you can't. It's tough to beat. Going off record a little bit, off away from music for a second. What's one thing you enjoy most when you put down your instrument, or Jason, when you step out of the studio? What else you guys like to do? I'm a gamer. PC games. I'm a backpacker. I like video games. Pretty much any game, you know, board games, card games, uh, video games, uh, D&D, whatever. But other than that, I like spending time with my wife or um, cooking. Matter of fact, cooking is my trade. Way to make me look bad. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like to do, uh, um, you know, just recordings, as you mentioned earlier, Randy. Um, I also have five kids, so I spend a lot of my time with my kids and family and my wife and, you know, how we do it. <laughs> um, I try to spend time outdoors either playing golf. I got a couple ATVs, a uh, motorcycle, like riding, doing the Loman Loop, riding a McCall, uh, crawling around the Oahees and on ATVs. I always get asked one weird one. Peanut butter, creamy or crunchy? Creamy. 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 Crunchy. So, real talk, though, your biggest accomplishment as a band? I don't think we've done it yet. If I can summarize it collectively, we've been together for less than a year. Mm-hmm. Since then, we've we've recorded four songs. We average about two shows a month. Played the 